All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. It's first round of the playoffs time, my favorite time of year, especially when I'm in the tournament. That's a spoiler alert that the, the Desert Dogs were able to win last week and get in. Uh, I'm your host and commish, Matt Kozlowski, joining me tonight. Also in the playoffs, the Seawolves experiencing a bye this week. Phil, how's it going, Phil? Feels weird. Uh, it's been a few years since I had the first round bye. I don't think I've ever had the number one seed overall. Um, it's amazing. But I, I, I did want to use this intro time to say I, I am formally announcing that we're going to start a GoFundMe page. And as part of that GoFundMe page, what we're going to be all doing is chipping in a little bit of money to get Shane an iPad and switching this format up to potential YouTube channels where I know a lot of that ad revenue comes from. A lot of the ad revenue we're not capturing right now. And I hereby announce that if the Seawolves win the championship, $150 of those winnings will be donated to that GoFundMe page. So... (laughs) All that to say, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad that I thought that was going a different route because I've been working from home on Zoom meetings and I've had a couple other people ask me if my my razor got stolen. Um, so <laughs> I thought the GoFundMe might have uh, been for to pitch in to get me a Dollar Shave Club subscription. So I'm glad that no, that it's went. Really, so we way. don't have to look at Shane's kneecap like we're doing right now on Zoom. <laughs> I've, I, 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 I can't do it anymore. Full disclosure, about two years ago, I gifted Shane an iPad that was um, out of service. So, What, what happened to that? Did I get, was that hot? Was it stolen? Um, it's probably still in his baseball bag. It's somewhere. I have to find it. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. So. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the iPad-less Shane is joining us. For those that don't know, we do the podcast on Zoom. Shane's front camera is broken, so he says. I think he just isn't aware of where the flip camera button is, but um, Shane's joining us. How's it going, buddy? I know where it is. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. Excited. Playoff time. Um, I'm disappointed we couldn't play spoiler last week and knock the Desert Dogs out. Did the league a favor, but uh, they earned it. Darren Waller, keeper, put me away um, early. Um, a lot of exciting matchups, though. I was thinking, maybe think before you... Oh, man, how unlucky does that Tyreek Hill play turn out to be for Fegley last week? Yeah. He ends up losing by 10 on in a must-win game again in the playoffs and has that play where Mahomes throws a touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, which would have been 15... 16 points, whatever it was. I forget what the yardage was, but just on the touchdowns alone, would have got him in. I mean, I just thought of that today. I was like, man, that is a bad beat. <laughs> can, we, can we go back to the tape of what I said last week going into that matchup? No, I don't have, I I don't have the tape. In 2020, you cannot have that name and get any good karma. <laughs> and That's that true. is why he was going to lose that matchup. And that is exactly <laughs> what happened where Phil was right. That's true. Um, for those that um, weren't able to listen to the podcast last week, was ev- which was everyone. Um, oh, that's right. I hope that everyone did enjoy the written version of the podcast. Um, I did bring that up in the written part. Um, there was a little bit of embellishment in that podcast, but most of it is true. What was embellished, you guys will never know, unfortunately. Um <laughs> Shane and Phil did profess their love for each other and did already set up their trade for next year. So th- those were not embellishments. Um, all right, Rams football on tonight. Ten nothing Rams. Everything's looking looking rosy. Cam Akers getting some points for Ed. But first, we have trivia. We do, and it's a big question tonight. So get your thinking caps on. Um, I added on to our, our ongoing. We do have an in-house Rams fan, and I was hoping to see how big of a Rams fan he was. He mentioned it before the pod on the pre-show, and uh, he, he was beating up the right tree. He knows I've been going in the same direction pretty much all season, but I'm going to add on to it a little bit this week. So there are 20 names on this list. Oh, my God. So this is like a, a true Stump the Schwab style where there used to be about 20 to 25 names. Um, 
looking for all of the people who led the Rams or Patriots in rushing or receiving yards in the decade of the 2010s. So Rams and Patriots that were rushing or receiving leaders for these two franchises. I am going to go first, and uh, <laughs> this man is normally causes background and has been living rent-free in my head for the last three years, uh, Mr. Todd Gurley III. TG Knee. <laughs> From 2015 to 2019. In rushing and receiving? Sure felt that way. He's on the list. Yeah, he had a good run. Good run. Uh, I think I think Todd should fill out his retirement papers after this season. It's, uh, what, what were his years? 2015 to what? 2019. All five. Past five years. All right. I believe the gentleman that led the Rams the year before Todd Gurley joined the team was a man by the name of Zach Stacy. So Zach Stacy's on the list. It was 2013 that Zach Stacy led the Rams. Okay. 2013. Um, holy shit, I want to say this name, but I'm sure he's from the early 2000s. <laughs> Marshall Falk did not lead the Rams. Er- no, it er- was Eric- after him, Shane. Eric Dickerson is not on this list, Phil. <laughs> it was after him, Shane. Stop. There, there's um, some easy names. You don't have to get the second one wrong. <laughs> you can get some, some of the easy ones out of the way here. <laughs> I already know what one you're gonna get wrong, so Yeah, I know I wanna say it's so bad, it's all I can think about. Uh, um let's go LeGarrett Blunt. LeGarrett Blunt led the Patriots in rushing in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. I really just, and he just get recently that. retired, so happy retirement. Here. Uh Sony Michelle. Sonny Michelle of the Pats the last two years, 2018-2019. In Russian. Um, you know what, I think... I'm going to go Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman led the Patriots in receiving yards 2013, 2016, 2018, and 2019. Wow, I'm surprised he wasn't 12. Oh, all right. Um, Robert Woods. Robert Woods led the Rams in receiving in 2018. One season. Give me the, um, who was doing Edelman things before Edelman, Mr. Wes Welker. Wes Walker led the Pats in receiving from 2008 to 2012. Five straight seasons. Cooper Cup led the Rams last year. Cooper Cup led the 2019 as well as 2017. Oh my god. And now we get a little tougher, fellas. You guys cleared out the easy ones. Now let's go. I'm going to be sick if this is wrong, but I have to guess that. Actually, there's still a lap there. I'm going to go running back. Mr. Daryl Richardson. That is incorrect. Oh, come on. (laughs) Really? Yeah, he is not on the list. (laughs) Wow. Damn it. I made it longer than I normally do. (laughs) Uh, Corey Dillon. We are back in action, fellas, because that is incorrect as well. Really? Oh, Damn. man. Corey Dillon last led the Patriots in 07, I believe, in rushing. Jesus Christ. Yeah, good guess, Phil. Jesus Christ. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I really thought it was Daryl Richardson. Dude, no, yeah, Corey Dillon was 04, 05, and 06. we're missing for running backs with the Rams we're missing 10 through 12 and 14 
Shane, you want to turn your volume down on your TV? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I know that this guy was like 08 and 09. All right, I'm just going to Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson led the Rams from 2005 to 2012. Oh, baby, I knew it. Eight straight seasons, all over a thousand yards. Pretty, uh, pretty incredible stuff. I'm not even a Rams fan. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a stab at the 14 name. I think I have it. Um, Benny Cunningham. It is not Benny Cunningham. That is incorrect. But I did start him against you in fantasy one year. <clears throat> wow. First game of the year. Nice win, Phil. You, you, you feel that? The wins, <laughs> they are changing. <laughs> um, alright let's see who 14 would have been well now that we can keep going I mean just to give you a couple of hints there is a future Hall of Famer on the list yeah you guys have not named yeah I know that one very, um, very set to girly um, there is a running back that played football with one of the quarterbacks at one point in his career that's playing tonight not necessarily in the pros but I believe he was in the same backfield. Actually, I, I might be wrong on that. They went to the same school. I don't know that ever that he was in the same backfield. What what pass backs are we missing? You're missing 17, 17. 14, 2010 through 2013, 2010 through 2014, and 2017. Oh, wow. Um, one of these guys is one of your favorites. You, you bring them up a bunch, Phil. Not a bunch, but sometimes... And, because he fell off the face of the earth. I feel like there's a lot of running backs like that. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's go with let's go with the law firm Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, the law firm, led the pass in 2010 and 2011. <laughs> Feeling it. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. So we got all the Pats receivers. Yep, only three guys. Tom was not very uh, democratic in his distribution. Alright, so uh, was Gronkowski the reason for the question? Or what do we, or was it just that it was a Thursday night game? <laughs> Todd Gurley was the reason for the question. <laughs> so still a couple of names I think you guys should get. Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin did not lead the Rams in either of these categories. There's some really bad Rams receivers, I feel like. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ones, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't think of this guy. He was he was terrible. Um, I drafted him in my one league in, like, the sixth round, 2010. I can't, I can't believe I can't think of his name. He was like the worst number one receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't 2010, but I think I know who you're thinking of. Oh, it might have been 2011. Oh my god, I can't think of it. I'll give you guys one more guess each, and then I'll we'll, I'll give you the names. I'm out. Um. Hmm. 
pass touchdown defense. Of course. Uh, I think Rex Burkhead led the Patriots in rushing in 17. It was not Rex Burkhead. Mm, good. So. And it was James White. But it was not James White either. You're missing the, the guy that he now plays for the New York football G-men. Dion Lewis led the Patriots in 2017. Oh, my God. I would have never gotten that. So, pretty good Patriots running back. Um, he was a pretty good fantasy player. Um, Stephen Ridley led the Patriots in 2012 and 2013. Um, and then the guy in 2014 was the guy that blew up, and then we never heard from him ever again. He had that big game um, against the Colts. Because he, he missed a meeting. <laughs> Jonas oh, Gray. Oh, my God. Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray led the Patriots in 2014. So. As them. The Rams running back played some college football at the same school as Cam Newton, Trey Mason. Oh, yeah. I would not have gotten that. And who, Auburn. Who was the shitty Rams receiver? So, there's a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> One of them played for both of these teams in his career. Had a good burn with, with, with uh, the Patriots. But the 2010 receiver for the Rams, Danny Amendola. Remember him running around? Yeah. No. For the Rams? Um... 2011, Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> 2012, Chris Givens. And this is who I was thinking of. 2013, for the Rams, Mr. Jared Cook. Oh, God. Still, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2014 through 2016, pretty decent run he had for uh, for a few years. Uh, Mr. Kenny Britt led the Rams. I got a bad rap. Man, that's bad. It's a trip down memory lane there for, for these two squads. All right. It was nice to win one after a while. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> Let's keep this momentum going. All right, so the playoff bracket set, as Phil mentioned, he's the one seed. Uh, Micah won the far division. He's the two seed. Eddie got the three seed with the steel curtain. Um, I'm the four seed playing... Papa Kaz and the Patriots as the five seed, and then Jason and the Flock sneak in as the six seed um, with a close win over Fegley and the tiebreaker in points um, over Ty and the Fleetwood franchise. Um, overall, really competitive season. I thought, you know, having all those teams in play in week 13 was, uh, was some pretty good stuff. Uh, this past week. So I'm looking forward to the last three rounds of the playoffs. I don't feel like there's a whole lot to talk about in terms of waivers. Um, So we can get right into the matchups for the first round of the playoffs. We'll start off with, uh, if I can get my iPad to work. Uh, the game between the flock and the curtain. So far, got a nice little lead for the steel curtain with Cam Akers having a having a good night so far. Ten and a half so far for Akers here in the first quarter. Um I really can't get these matchups to show up here. This is great, great radio. Anyone else so want to host tonight? Is, this is new. I have the matchups pulled up. Um, ESPN app it has something new I've never seen before. I don't know if you guys have. It has like a win probability, mm-hmm. showing you um, win probability of your current of your current matchup. It's pretty neat. Which is pretty high in Eddie's favor. Yeah, I think he's a heavy favorite um, coming in just in terms of projections. He's got some really sweet matchups this week, and his um, really good players are still, even though the matchups aren't great, um, are still obviously projected guys like Dalvin Cook and, and uh, Michael Thomas. Get creative here. We'll start off with Eddie's team. Um, any concerns with Josh Allen 
um, in a matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, um, I think, lead the league in pressure rate, and Josh Allen's uh, QB rating under pressure is not so hot. He had a huge week last week. Um, he's pretty much been able to feast on lesser opponents, but this one, I think, is a tough one. Yeah, I don't want to say that I'm worried. Um, I still think he's going to put up some points, but I do think you got to temper expectations a little bit. We've seen when he's facing some teams like a pretty good pass rush, he struggled a little bit. Um, some teams that can get after the quarterback, he, he has struggled a little bit, and I think the Pittsburgh can apply a little bit of pressure on him. I still think he, he's the whole offense pretty much runs through him, though. Um, he's going to get enough yards on the ground, more than likely a good chance to punch one in himself. Um, so the touchdown, there's going to be at least one or two touchdowns there. I would just temper my expectations. You're not expecting the 40 bomb like you did last week. Um, somewhere closer to 20 points this week would, would be a, a solid output for Allen. I couldn't disagree more. This Steelers defense is uh, it's going to be tissue paper rest of the way without Dupree, without Devin Bush. That, that pass rush that they used to have is going to be non-existent, even, even with just T.J. Watt running. I have no concerns whatsoever on Josh Allen having a pretty good week. Uh, I would say probably somewhere around his average of like 25 to 30. Um, I think I think Allen will have a good game this week, even though it's not the best matchup. Um, that whole offense goes through him, so just in terms of volume, like Shane says, he's going to get some rushing yards. Um, you know, I think Joe Hayden's played some good football, and obviously have to worry about Minka Fitzpatrick, but I know Hayden got hurt in the last game. I don't know if he'll be ready to play. Uh, this week, but there's going to be there's going to be yards to be had. I think Allen still has a pretty good game. Should be a fun game to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two teams battle it out. I think they're probably the second and third best teams in the AFC. Uh, we'll do two questions for each team this week since there's only four games on the dock. Um, the much maligned and talked about David Montgomery has a 16 point projection this week, which is super high for a player of his caliber. He's been really good uh, the last few weeks. It seems that uh, Nagy's fully committed to running the football and not having to worry about uh, his quarterback losing games for them. It's a great matchup against Houston. Uh, David Montgomery over or under his projection of 16 points. Did I just I'll get a... stop you right there because the Rams defense just scored a touchdown. Yes, sir. So good for you guys. Good for you, buddy. But to get back to your question on David Montgomery, I mean, this is just a juicy matchup. Um, this is kind of what you want. You get two below-mediocre teams um, duking it out in, in kind of a meaningless situation where this guy, uh, I'm looking for him to feast this week again like he did the past two weeks. Houston's going to – this game should be a shootout, and – uh, I'm looking for Montgomery to, to score 20 plus. Um, Houston can't stop anybody, and I don't know that they're really going to try to. They're just going to try to outscore you. Yeah, he's going to feast again. I, I don't. I don't know if he'll do as good as he's done the last two weeks, but I see him somewhere north of 15 points. Great matchup. No reason not to ride the hot hand. Great trade, by the way. Good work, Eddie. I'll take over 16 points too. It's well known. We don't bet unders on this podcast, um, except for this same game parlay where I have over. I have under, I think sixty five and a half. So hopefully, <laughs> that'll, feeling good hopefully so far. that'll work out. As long as the Rams don't score sixty six, you should be all right. <laughs> all right. So we like Montgomery. Phil and I like Allen. Shane doesn't dislike Allen, but um, Ed seems looking strong uh, heading into this matchup. Yes, it is. Let's go over to the flock. They were able to win last week, one hundred four to ninety four, to punch their ticket. Um, some tough decisions, I feel like, to be made. <clears throat> um, he'd obviously love to have Josh Jacobs available. Not sure that it's a great matchup for him against Indianapolis, though. So maybe it's a blessing that he doesn't have to make that decision. Um, the tough one, I think, is going to be Ceedee Lamb. Uh, keeping him on the bench, but it's kind of hard to not play Cooks and Godwin right now. 
Uh, Cook's getting all the targets. He is questionable. Um, so maybe maybe that decision gets made for him. But let's stick with the quarterback theme. How do you guys feel about Tom Brady off his bye week at home against a very suspect Minnesota pass defense? It feels like Phil's favorite five-letter word. Feast. Yeah, I'm expecting feast this week. Um, I, I think this game's a little bit, a little bit high scoring. I think the Vikings are actually going to be able to put some points up as well. Um, I expect Brady to throw at least three touchdowns this week, so we'll get back on track. Game. Yeah, coming out of the bye week, this feels like a feast game. Uh, Vikings on the road. I, I think Brady is a top tier. QB one play this week. Been a lot of discussions uh, too recently about the fit between Brady and Arians is okay, and who's really running the show. So, yeah, I expect Tom to come out and want to let some people know that he that this team is still for real, and they still need to be worried about them going into the the NFC playoffs. Uh, should expect a big game from DK Metcalf against the Jets for the flock. Obviously, he's hoping. Uh, that J.D. McKissick catches 14 little dump-offs again like he did last week. Um, but my question for you guys, the second question for the flock, are how do we feel about Mark Andrews coming back from missing two games due to COVID? Obviously, Andrews um, has been a concern of all year with COVID because of the type 1 diabetes diagnosis that he has and that he plays with. Uh, so it's been you know unsure as to how he will respond from this. Um, obviously, the other concern is that Lamar Jackson's his quarterback, but I think he's going to need a game from Mark Andrews to keep this uh, keep this close. Where do you guys stand on the Baltimore tight end? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say hey, Andrews is going to have a good week this week. We just, we just don't know how how he's going to respond to coming off the COVID list, um, but. If I'm Jason, I don't know that I have anywhere else to go. I mean, I think it's just you got to plug and play and hope that it's you get a Mark Andrews game from last year where it's the six catches, two touchdowns, where Jackson, he's the only kind of target that Jackson's really looking at. Um, I don't know that you have another direction that you can really go. We talked about it last week, how there's, there's not a whole lot on the tight end wire. Um, and you plug and play Jackson, you pray for the best. Yeah, there's too much upside. You have to play him. There's nothing even out of the wire that you should consider, but I'm I would be very concerned just because they just put up what forty points the other night and Lamar Jackson threw it for ninety yards. And I mean, that, if they have success running the ball, I, I mean I, I can't even imagine a game script where Lamar Jackson is throwing it a ton. So that 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 doesn't even exist. That, that's the biggest reason of why I would be concerned on, on Mark Andrews. Where do you guys feel like this game goes, though, in terms of Baltimore at Cleveland? It's the Monday night game. Um, we've seen both teams last week put up some points. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. To me, this feels like an under. I don't know what the over-under is, but I feel like this is lower scoring than people probably think. Yeah, I mean, first glance, you're probably thinking, oh, man, this is over just based on what you've seen. I mean, you've seen Cleveland put up some points lately. You've seen Baltimore just coming off of a game against Dallas. But you can't really judge, <laughs> I feel like, playing the Dallas Dallas defense of, of what team's going to do. It's just their run defense is just abysmal. Um, it's just a JV squad. Um, side with you, I, I want to say that this is going to be more of a, a tough in the trenches kind of game where it, it's more of a... 2320 game something like that yeah I, I see what you guys are saying it feels like it under you got Walter Payton man of the year playing defense for the Browns it, it he's going to contain a lot of people but at the same time you got to remember Browns so far this year have been if not the number one they're the number two team in, in terms of overs uh, and, and just the way that they play and, and score points and give up points. I know the temptation's there for a low-scoring game, but every time the Ravens have played the Browns recently, they have just completely blown.
times that they've played. I'm just not so sure it's going to be under despite the Walter Payton man of the year playing. I think in week two or three last year, the Browns uh, destroyed the Ravens. Um, Is that what it was? Yeah, I think so, but that's okay. Oh. I think all, all right. the other times hold up, but... All right, I've got to double-check that then. The, the bigger point is uh, the Walter Payton yeah. Man of the Year, Miles Garrett. Yeah, who, like that. who <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys, I know I said I don't really care about this award. I think it's dumb. The reason why he is the, on the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is his work with the Waterboys Foundation um, and providing safe, clean drinking water to third world countries. So doing doing a lot of good work over there. Um, I think him and Mason Rudolph would make a nice team um, providing water to those to those families and nations. I'm a big fan of race baiting. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that anymore. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know how else to describe what he did, but yeah. All right, who wins Flock versus Curtain? I will take the Curtain in this one. Yeah, I mean, I was going to wait and try to put up a playoff prediction before Sunday. Um, but either way, I was going to take the curtain in this game. Um, too much firepower. And if you're going to get 10 points from Akers on the first quarter, um, if he can get 10 from Akers the rest of the way every week, I think he takes that. And, and it's just going to be too much. There's too much on the curtain side here to, to flip it for the flock. So, still curtain big. Yeah, this is... Uh shaping up to be a team that you absolutely do not want to play in the playoffs. Uh, Cook, if it, if he's getting double digits out of Akers and Montgomery, we're, we're all in trouble because Milk Carton had a good game last weekend. <laughs> he might be back. A.J. Brown at any point can go 25 just off. Uh, this is a... And Jimmy James Robinson, you don't have to say anything about him. He's, they've been amazing. Really good team. I, I like the curtain pick as well. All right, let's get into the game of the week this week. The Denver Desert Dogs versus the St. Louis Patriots. Uh, Papa Kaz and I last met in the playoffs in, I believe, uh, year one in the semifinals. Um, I was successful because I have not yet lost in the playoffs in my th- three times being in. We'll see what happens this time. I got some bad news with Christian McCaffrey unlikely to play on Sunday due to a quad injury that he suffered in practice on Wednesday. Um, so it will yet again be the running back tandem of Gio Bernard and Mike Davis leading the Denver Desert Dogs. Uh, no truer 2020 sentence has ever been spoken, I believe. Deshaun Watson had a nice game last week against a tough matchup in the Colts. The Bears used to be a tough matchup before Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford the last two weeks have pantsed them. Um, What do you think Deshaun Watson does this week at Chicago? I think there's a little bit of uh, sneaky storyline in play here, if you'll remember... In 2017, the Bears had the number two overall pick in a year when Deshaun Watson was probably the best quarterback available. Obviously, it's now known that Patrick Mahomes is, but they chose to take Mitchell Trubisky. Do you think Watson wants to come out this week and show them what they could have had? Yeah, I'm expecting a big week from Watson this week. Um, I think he keeps rolling. Um Obviously a little bit down last week. Tough match against Indianapolis, but he still put up 19. I think Watson keeps going. I, I, I think it's another 30-point week for, for Watson this week. Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, you got to say to yourself, anytime you can get a quarterback from North Carolina, Duke, these football powerhouses, any, anytime you can grab these guys where they couldn't get on the field until their senior season, you got to do it, and you got to do it early. And we're seeing success with Trubisky. We're seeing success with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. But I just I, here's the, 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 the silver lining. This is not a prime time game where they will do that thing with the graphics to show 
Deshaun Watson, like, photoshopped into a Bears uniform or to go back over the draft order because they do that every time they play it. I mean, it, it, it's just it, – it, it's brutal. He's going to feast. Simple as that. I'm hopefully it's a good game. I'd be happy if he got his projection of 24 points. I think that would be a, a nice game from him. Um, I think the the real story will be if the Houston I don't think can run the ball. So that that's the that's the bonus. It's just about if Watson can get in the end zone um, enough times to to make it make it happen. I wish Darren Waller was playing the Jets this week. He's not, um, but Tyler Lockett is. It's been about seven weeks since Tyler Lockett had his 12 for 203 scores against Arizona. And I think in all the games since then, he still has not scored as many points as he had in that game. Can we expect a big game from Lockett against the Jets this week? Yeah, give me some Lockett this week at home against the Jets. Um, Obviously, we all saw what happened to the Jets last week. this team has given up. Give me, give me Lockett to get in the end zone this week. Um, have his back to his normal seven, eight catches, close to 100 yards and a score. You guys are going to laugh about this, but this Seahawks offense is so much better when it's it's a Lockett week versus when it's a Metcalf week. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Metcalf, he, like he, he's an amazing receiver. He just. There are so many really unreliable drive-killing plays that Metcalf makes. And I'm just thinking back, he, he's dropped a handful of really easy touchdowns. Now, they, they ended up not mattering. But he, he makes a lot of mistakes still, and Lockett doesn't. He's, he's reliable, and when RW1 and, and him are on the same page, the, the Seahawks are just a better team. And, and I, I think they'll realize that and have this be a Lockett week. There's definitely a little bit of truth to that, Phil. I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, Metcalf is obviously the big play guy. Um, he can run past or through any defenders. Um, Lockett should be the guy that is the target monster in this uh, in this offense with Metcalf kind of um, playing off of that for the big plays. But it, like you said, it doesn't always work out that way. I guess the bigger question is, are they even going to need those two guys this week against the Jets? I mean, this could be a huge Chris Carson week too. Um, so I'm hoping it's a good week for Lockett. I'll be happy if he gets in the end zone. Um, but we'll see. It's been, it's been, uh, frustrating lately. Let's go over to the St. Louis Patriots. We've talked about every other team's quarterback. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's pretty clear cut this week, but part of me wonders if Justin Herbert's hitting that rookie wall. Um, you know, once you get this deep in the season, you played this many weeks in a row. He's had two bad games in a row. Um, the good news for him is he gets a home game against Atlanta, and everybody does well against Atlanta. So, rookie wall or not, Herbert should have a good game. Murray looked there, Murray looked better last week, um, but a tough game at New York on the road, traveling uh, east for a one o'clock game. I think Papa Kaz has to roll with Justin Herbert here, despite what he did last week. What say you guys? Uh, I think I'm putting Kyler in there and I'm closing my eyes and saying, I hope this works out. Um, Kyler got you there. He's just got that ability to put up 40 points in a hurry. I, I think I'm rolling with Kyler and I'm just praying that I make the right decision. Um, I know the Giants defense obviously playing really well, but I don't know. There's just too much upside potential for him to to get two rushing touchdowns, and and that right there alone is enough to, to put you in a good quarterback week. <sighs> this has such the potential of getting too cute, and if you're going to sit the number four quarterback – you need to be 100% sure that Herbert is going to score more points or Herbert has the higher ceiling. And we just saw Derek Carr put up an absolute goose egg against the Falcons. I don't know how you don't get Kyler Murray in this lineup. This is the type of thing... Here are the scenarios, okay? If if you lose because...
because Kyler Murray didn't have a great game, you can live with that. If you lose because you played Herbert and Murray goes off, you will. We, we might see the first immediate resignation from the Sons of Fantasy Football League because <laughs> that offseason is impossible to live with. So you have to ask yourself, if you're going to play Herbert, you need to be 100% sure that Herbert is going to outscore Murray. And if you're not, you can't do it. Wow, I didn't think both you guys would go there. I mean, I don't know how you pass up an opportunity to play against the Falcons. And I feel I'm annoyed now because I feel like my dad's going to think that we planned this, Um, which we didn't, I swear. I would never help you. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I hear what you guys are saying, but Herbert's not a slouch. He's the number nine quarterback. He didn't play in week one. Um, he got he thrown. Had such a bad game last week. Yeah, he, but it was like, Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. That. You got to play I mean, the dude that's playing Atlanta. Two two weeks ago, Derek Carr negative points against Atlanta. Yeah, that. Come that, on. Those Herbert were, just had a terrible game. There's so many things. I, I I couldn't do it. I could. I would say I'm going down with the ship. I've liked Kyler all year. He's had an amazing year. I'm going down with it. That that's Seawolves talking. That's. That's what I would do. Yeah, obviously not a good matchup, but I mean, other than against the Patriots two weeks ago, Kyler Murray, I mean, his lowest output, 21.4 last week against the Rams. I mean, if my floor is 21.4, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that guy in, and I'm dice. I, 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 everything that Phil said, I, I just wouldn't be able to live with myself, I don't think, if I, if I didn't start Kyler and he pops off for one of those three touchdown passes, one rushing... And it, it, I, I think you just got to play him. I don't know. I, I would I would stay with Herbert, but I'm also the guy that started Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield in back-to-back championship games in this league. So. Oh, you're talking about the championship seasons? This is a new record, only 50 minutes no, in the podcast. No, sorry. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, it was Cousins the first year against Shane on a Thursday night against the Eagles. And then... Yep. Um, the year I played Spears, I started Mayfield against the Bengals in his rookie year. So it wasn't back-to-back years. I apologize. I was wrong. Um, whew, where else do we want to go on Papa Kazetan? We could go with uh, goal line running back, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, or we could go with Cole Beasley. Do you guys think the Cole train keeps rolling? Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Beasley has been outstanding. He's the wide receiver, 19. Um, sweet haircut. Projected for 10.4. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, the guy's been pretty incredible lately. Um, he seems to have just filled in that John Brown role in um, in the Bills' offense. So, I mean, John Brown, we saw when he played, when he was playing, I mean, was pretty productive with, with Josh Allen. And, you know, like Beasley's kind of stepped in and, and just filled that filled that role pretty admirably here. So I'm sticking with Beasley and expecting him to get the double digits again this week. I don't see a reason not. Uh, I, I, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm answering this question with the most recent information. Okay, John Brown is not going to play. Correct. Which means um, Cole Beasley will be very good. Which means Cole Beasley will be very good. And this actually leads me to my Stone Cold prediction of the week. So we're going to take some of the best highlights from Cole's last few weeks. Beasley is going to catch a touchdown and throw a touchdown in this game. Lock it up. Nice. That's bold, sir. All right. Who's winning the uh, Kozlowski family battle? The Desert Dogs versus the St. Louis Patriots. I am going to abstain. I believe you put it last week. And you will get my prediction in the playoff piece that will be out before kickoff on Sunday. Wow. This is uh, this is why you do all that off-season research. Why you come to the draft so prepared. Why you spend every waking moment looking out at the waiver wire hoping somebody makes a mistake and you, you can get the right player at the right time. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. 
before I answer this question, I want to take a moment and give Mr. Matt Kozlowski some credit. <laughs> I want you all to listen to this draft day and what the desert, the Denver Desert Dogs left draft day with. You have to listen to this roster. It's horrible. Christian McCaffrey, amazing player, but no other team in a 12-team league out there has McCaffrey and is in the playoffs. All right, that, that's the first thing right there. Being able to overcome his one or two games, whatever he's played. We have Mozart. Done. Done. Terrible. Uh, he, he, he's, had, he's a good player, but he's just had a lot of injuries. Zach Ertz, complete bust. Lockett, great pick. Manuel Sanders, Waller, good keeper. But Tevin Coleman, Bryce Love, Azigbo, Antonio Brown, cut. All these guys cut. Brian Edwards, Malcolm Brown. All that to say, the amount of points that this team was able to put up this season with what they left the draft with is incredible. Huge Saquon Barkley move, but then flipping him for a trade where the, the, the you didn't get a ton of pieces out of it, and, and we haven't even seen Mixon, really. So I want to give a lot of credit to what Cause has been able to get out of this season. It, it, it's, it's really something. So great job. But, <laughs> but, and it's a big but, the clock is going to strike midnight on this team. This is going to be a Papa cause. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out, son. Beat down. Give me the pats. You would like that, wouldn't you? I would. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see this team next week. But I, I, I started by giving you credit. It's hey, sort of no. like the with all due respect, and then you can say whatever you want. No, this has, this has been super trying. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I've ever played the same roster two weeks in a row. Like, I don't know if I've, if one time, if I've played the exact same lineup two weeks in a row, um, this week right now would be the first week. It's been brutal. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, you play this game because you expect to win. So I'll take the Desert Dogs because there's no reason not to. And since this league started, I don't know what it's like to lose in the playoffs. So maybe I find oh out this God. week. <laughs> Welcome back to the playoffs, by the way. Thank Welcome you. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, quick check-in on our other two playoff teams. Uh, which team do you think is in better position... Heading into their bye week, the mixed mad dogs or the sea puppies? <laughs> the sea pooches, we prefer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be the mad dogs, right? Um, I think they're the, the best team. Lim- we saw the sea wolves limp in last week. Um, luckily, they lacked the fuck of the bye. I mean, what did you put up 80 points last week? 78. Um, 78. So, I mean, we saw them limp in. There's a lot of question marks on that squad, but right now the the Rogers to Adams connection is looking like the Rogers to Nelson connection that we saw four years ago. Um, that Ooh. basically won a fantasy title. Sneak and, peek to Shane's playoff preview. You know that's getting written in there. Yeah, um, <laughs> there, there'll probably be something in there about that. Um, we, we've seen that happen before, and just having those two players who seem to put up points every week, no one has been able to stop them. Um, it's such a huge advantage to go along with what, what is a pretty good roster. The Antonio Gibson injury obviously hurts for uh, for the Mad Dogs. We'll see if we can overcome. But, I mean, the Seawolves, they are on life support right now. Um, <laughs> they're on life support. RW1, not the same player he was in the beginning of the year. Um, Miles Sanders, huge question marks, obviously. Tampa Bay offense. Where you go? Where do you go with that? The Steeler, Steeler offense. Where do you go with that? Um, a lot of question marks. So I think the Mad Dogs are in a better position. You know, I I, I say Sea Wolves are on life support. That I'm I'm partly joking. It um, like I I, I still have a really good team. Henry is still a, a, an every week RB one. Wilson is still a QB one play. Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans. Like, like I, I, I have guys that are going to get volume and have any given week can put up 150 points. 
But my big concern is Russell Wilson and whatever the hell is going on in Seattle. For somebody that started out averaging 40 points the first three weeks, they have uh, had to check in on that Giants game on Sunday, and they have five points in the third quarter. It's just I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, but the question was, which, which roster do you feel better about? Uh, I I still think I like mine, but it, but it, 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 it's close. I love I love Eckler coming back. Damian Harris, I, I I think he's a fine play, but Gibson does hurt that team. We'll see if he can come back. I mean, it's more of a severe turf toe, is what we're hearing, right? And maybe he'll be questionable next week too. I don't know. But Hopkins, Devontae Adams, it, 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 it's really the roster. Oh, God, I forgot about Cooper Cup too. All right, maybe maybe I'll change my answer. And I like his a little bit more. But you know that these matchups are all going to come come down to QB play, and whoever wins that is likely going to win it. Um, yeah, good thing for the Mad Dogs here. It looks like they're getting the Cooper Club clunker out of the way. There's always he's always good for a couple of those a year, where he's not a factor. And looks like tonight's going to be the one. Um, so nice to get that out of the way before he actually has to play a game next week. So take that advantage. I think the Mad Dogs are in better shape right now. I, I agree with everything Shane said. Um, and I think the 2020 Sons of Fantasy Football League championship game will be next week when the Mad Dogs play the Steel Curtain. So I think those are the best two teams right now. That doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't. You, you look at you look you look at the edge Eddie has, and it's, he's still only sixty forty right now. It, it's crazy. Yeah, Trump was like uh, favorite to win at this time on election night. So, you know, n- n- anything can happen. Still is. <laughs> yeah, he actually didn't he tweet out that uh, some bookies or uh, he had something dumb obviously. Yeah, ninety ninety seven percent. Yeah, they gave him. Yeah. Yeah, he's lost it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the of presidents. <laughs> next week we will uh, check in on the semifinals, and maybe we'll do a little piece on the forgotten six—the teams that are unable to be dancing this year—and see uh, the twenty twenty one outlook for those squads. So let's get to the rest of the Rams game. Let's get to a little war zone, boys. Um, thank you guys for joining me. If you don't have anything else to add. No, good luck to, uh, to all the teams playing this week. Good luck, Papa Cos. Yeah. Good luck, Eddie. Good luck, Jason. All right. Thank Sign you. Off. Thank you. <laughs> thank you both for joining me. Good luck to all. I'm hopeful, Dad, that we are still able to have a nice family Christmas. I don't know what is going to be worse. COVID hey, or this if, game. If you give him a beat down. What is going to be under the Christmas tree for you? My mom <laughs> does. What's he, what, he going to be getting? My mom know? does the Christmas shopping. Okay, so it's going to be fine. I texted her last week <laughs> on Sunday or Monday, and I said, "Mom, I just want to let you know, Dad, Dad, and I are playing in the playoffs next week. Um, so get ready to have your annual." Cause maybe you shouldn't play next year conversation. Um, She said, I've already had that with him today. So, Um, so the real MVP as always, Mama Cause, everyone knows that she's a saint. Um, Signing off. Good luck to everybody in the playoffs and uh, go dogs. (laughs) 